Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real, and mostly unedited. This show is for ages 14 and up, because sometimes you just need to use a swear. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. So today we're going to be covering a show that's one of my favorites, but I probably still look way too young to be in it. We're, we're going to be doing hair. Okay, I was, I, was, I was confused with that. I was like... Because of the nude scene that we've talked about oh, before. Yeah, yeah, this is that show. Yeah, I would... Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, there's a naked minor in the show. Yeah, it's like, no, I'm 30. Stop. <laughs> I have stretch marks. <laughs> so, um, like I said, we're going to be watching Hair, or as its full title states, Hair, the American Tribal Love Rock Musical. Did not know the rest of that title. I just always knew Hair. Yeah, it's, it's a long title show. There are a few of those out there. Um, this musical was written by Jerome Ragney and James Rado with music. Rado. I love I, that. I, I love that knew, name. I knew that that was going to happen. because I'm predictable, apparently. <laughs> but I love that name, Rado. Um, and the music was written by Galt McDermott. Um, the show... Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing against Galt McDermott. That name is... That name is like stone. Like, I could throw things at it and they would just bounce right off. <laughs> Carry on, Galt. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, this show is as late 60s as a show can go. So it's 1969? Well, I mean, like, the feel of it. Because this is actually written before 1969. But the feel of this show is so heavily influenced by the events of... The Civil Rights Movement, the Vietnam War, the Sexual Revolution, all of that stuff that was going on in the late 1960s, this show is all of that condensed into two hours. Sounds like a whirlwind of an event. Oh boy. <laughs> so, um, this show is super counterculture. Meaning that it went against a lot of what was deemed acceptable or normal for the time? Yes. Not just for, like, nor like society norms, but also for theater. Oh. Because this show has almost no plot. So we're back to You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. It, but with, but with more hippies. like cats. But with hippies and nude scenes. We're back to more like cats okay. than, like, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Because there is a plot if you squint. Okay. And towards the end, there's a plot. But before that point, it's kind of like, wait, what? What? Just a few <laughs> non-connected songs with the same characters? Well. Well, I guess we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything for you because they did. And we'll talk about this in a minute. But they had literally no plot up until their Broadway run. So, hmm. yeah, it experimental and we're going to talk about that in a sec um the 
shows about the lives of a group of young hippies uh, who call themselves the tribe, and they're living in a bohemian lifestyle in New York City. Uh, your central characters, well, the most central characters of the show would be Claude, who's raised by a conservative family, his roommate, Berger, and their best friend, mm -hmm. Sheila. Berger's his last name, but he only goes by Berger. His I, full name's George Berger. I don't blame him. If my, if my last name was Berger, I would only be known as Berger. Yeah, and it's solidity, drug use, teen rebellion, all that fun stuff. Um, it sounds, also, yes. Sounds like a wholesome sandwich. Oh, the most wholesome of shows. Um, it was conceived by Ragney and Rado after they had worked together in 1964 on a show called Hang Down Your Head and Die, <laughs> which I don't know anything about this show, but just the title has me going... I need to find this show because we need to cover it. Yeah. I, I just... <laughs> if anyone out there can find anything on this show, please send it to us. Oh, tag us on Twitter. Tag us on Twitter. Anything. Just let me know because I need to see this. It's called Hang Down Your Head and Die. Um, so they, they started working on this show after that. Um, our main characters, Claude and Berger, are kind of like the two men's personalities. Claude being more, uh, Claude slash, uh, Rado being more like, uh, not conservative, but more laid back, more romantic, more introverted, maybe. Uh, and then Berger slash Ragney being very extroverted and kind of out there. Um... In fact, their backgrounds were really different, too. Uh, Rado was more like a Rogers Hammerstein type person, and he was uh, working on the Hammerstein type reviews and stuff. Meanwhile, uh, Ragney did Off Off Broadway, so the really weird experimental theater that makes you just sort of tilt your head like the RCA dog and go, boy. The deep underground of theater culture. <laughs> the deep underground. Um, <clears throat> most of the other characters of the show were based on people that they'd seen in New York at the time, as well as news stories and articles about the counterculture movement, yes. <laughs> so it's based off of characters they see in New York. So I imagine that they're just walking down the street and they see some hippie walking down the street and they go, let's write a story for that guy. Not just that, but they actually like joined these groups. And got into got in deep with them and was made it, it authentic. Was it okay? Did they get in deep with the groups because they actually agreed with them, or was it more of like to learn? Like they felt they they it, dove in in order to absorb it and learn it. It was to learn it, but then okay. you find kind of go, oh, but I do agree with them. So gotcha. it's it's sort of like um, jumping into say say you're sitting there going, oh, I really like drawing anthropomorphic animals and then you jump into the furry community and you don't see the really weird porn until it's too late <laughs> but you've already got a fursona i don't know about your internet search history but if i even google an animal i find like porn of it well that okay so we're talking pre like oh okay to be fair, <laughs> to be fair. We're not talking about now. In a simpler time. <laughs> also, what are your Google searches like? Because I can search bear and still get, like, a bear. And not get, like, bear bodies? <laughs> not get, like, sexy bears. 
I get like cute little baby black bears. What are your You're searching cute little look? baby black bears. I don't type that in. I just say search black like, bears. Search like bears tiger. Or... Search like bear drawings. Bear drawings. Try that. Try bear art or bear Bear drawings. art. Okay. I've, like, I've never search like searched Tiger that. drawings, tiger art. And you'll be like, oh, this is these are cool. And then it goes into, whoa. <laughs> Not what I was looking for. <laughs> but we digress. <laughs> this is the status quo of our show. So, <clears throat> pardon. These people don't come here for the subject. They come here for the journey. <laughs> It's going to be a journey. Holy crap. So the first production was performed off-Broadway in 1967. And to say it had a rough start would be putting it lightly. Did the first show end in someone's death? No. No. No one died. Okay. Um, Although we'll get into some crazy (laughs) stuff that happened because of this show. Um, But... This show is weird, and before it went to Broadway, it was, like, really weird. (laughs) Really, really weird. So, are we going to see the really, 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 really weird version, or are we going to see the really weird version? We're just going to see the really weird version, because the really, really weird doesn't exist. We're going to see the the watered-down, condensed, and focused version. Yes. We're going to see the distilled weird version. Yeah, and I mean, like, some of the stuff did for the transition to Broadway get kind of, like, loosened up a little bit, but they also did go, okay, but we do need to have a plot. (laughs) So what version of this are we watching? We are watching, well, um... So the one that we're watching, let me scroll oh, down so, in my notes. Um, you you go back to your, <laughs> okay. your wonderful presentation, and then I will insert no, my question okay. when it is relevant. Not, hey, not the hair. Um, hey, but That's critics hated this. the only bit I know of it. It's okay. You'll probably maybe get more stuck in your head later. Maybe. We'll see. Um, but critics hated this <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I would imagine if it was counterculture mm-hmm. for the time. Audiences and off-Broadway, though, loved it, so... Seems to be an often case. Yeah, so it, it was able to make its jump to Broadway. It was revised in, for Broadway in 1968, and this is where the nudity comes in. <laughs> so the nudity was not in the show yet. Really? So the weird, <laughs> yes. weird, 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 weird version... Did not have the nudity. Didn't have nudity, but it was just the weird, weird version that had nudity. Because, so, um... They're like, well, we're taking out all this weirdness. We gotta put something else in. Well, I know. <laughs> boobies! Well, the the director of this version was Tom O'Horgan, who also used nudity in a lot of his shows before this. Um, his name is Tomo. It's not like Tom. Tom. Or Thomas. O- Tom O'Horgan. Tom O'Horgan. Yes. Okay. Tom O'Horgan. Okay. Like Irish last name, not Tom O'Horgan. No, not Tomo. Tomo. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Tom. Um, he based it on a protest that had occurred in Central Park, where two men just to antagonize the police there stripped down naked, <laughs> <laughs> and so it was kind of like that happened. So that was in the forefront of the mind. Um, and they don't treat nudity as a sexual thing in this. And actually, um, oh, which production is it? I think it was the one with Donna Summer in Germany, maybe, that basically they were like, well, it's sort of like, oh, we're more upset with nudity than we are with killing. Mm. So. Gotcha. Yeah. That, that, that kind of summarizes American media, too. Yeah. So it, it's... 
one of the many, many, many things that this show has done to uh, bring things into the light. Um, this production opened April of 1968 and ran for four years, closing in 1972. This one was also involved with a lawsuit... <laughs> with the Tony Awards organizers as they had told them that the April preview would have been soon enough to qualify them for consideration for the 1968 Tonys. Then the New York League was like, no, the cutoff date was March 19th. And, <gasps> yeah. And then the producers are like, oh, no. <laughs> we were told this. and They were sabotaged the, is what they were. Well, oh boy. This will be in a couple of paragraphs. <laughs> Um, actually, no, it'll be in the next paragraph that I have written out, but, uh, so they didn't succeed with their lawsuit, but they were nominated the next year for Best Musical and Director. And they lost oh. to 1976, or not 19, jeez. So I might be coming down with something. <laughs> I should probably state this if you've heard me cough. Um, but they, uh... They were nominated uh, the next year for musical and director, and then they lost to 1776. Which, very different uh, years. Yes, very different years, like 200 years apart. But I don't agree with 1776 winning over hair, but I don't run the Tonys. So. I know nothing about 1776 mm -hmm. other than America. That's what it's about. I figured. And we'll see it and meh. <laughs> Meh, it's not my favorite show. But this is a Broadway musical theater podcast, and we will get to the shows that I don't like eventually. Um, so this show's been performed all over America and Europe, and it's had some pretty wild reactions. <laughs> uh, let's see, Indiana, um, I think it was Evansville or South Bend had picketers, uh, in Boston... They first were mad about a scene that was basically a flag protest, and so they removed that for that stop of the tour. And then they almost didn't get to do the show at all because the state's district attorney was like, no, we need to not let this show happen. And the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court had to step in Jeez. and say, no. This is part of free speech? You yeah, can't tell them not to? basically. Um 1971, a bomb was thrown at the theater it was being performed in in one Ooh. place. Uh, and, in and no one died? No one died. Uh, in Sydney, uh, Australia, in 1969, their opening night was interrupted by a bomb threat. D.C., we had uh, some clergymen releasing mice into the theater to try it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mice. You know, because mice are scary. I mean... If, yeah. I mean, if you're afraid of, yeah, I, yeah, but that's not that's not going to shut down a theater, and that's just going to make you look stupid. Um, and then in Acapulco, Mexico, the show lasted one night because <laughs> because hair. Okay. <laughs> and then um, a Norwegian pr production uh, had some of the locals trying to block the show by making a human blockade outside of the theater. <laughs> <laughs> is this the most controversial show that's ever been done um <laughs> i think it's pretty up there actually okay i uh, okay I'm gonna be this is the most controversial that we have covered i'm i'm 
I don't know. I'm broadening my expectations. See, and I'm sitting here going, okay, for the time I can see. If this happened nowadays, I'd just be like, really? 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 But this is the late 60s, early 70s, so people are still, like, trying to hold on to those conservative ideals and are terrified of the fact that these long-haired hippies are, you know, trying to express themselves and not being racist and being okay with gay people and <laughs> being okay with gender non-conforming people and... Change! Gasp. I don't like change! And nudity on the stage. Um, also, there is protests in this show, like, and they show them, and it's it's very much holding up a mirror going, hey, this sucks about society, and people, when that happens, they don't like it, generally. Okay. Um, I will say, though, this led to the UK no longer censoring shows as much, because really? Parliament stripped the rights of uh, the guy who was trying to censor hair from being performed in the UK, they said, no, you can't do this. And that opened up the floodgates and more shows could be done in the UK than before. Oh, interesting. And then Paris, they were like, oh, nudity? Okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they they treated it very reverently, but they weren't like, because they've had nudity on stage before. So it wasn't that bad. Um this show is also notable because at the time you didn't have very many productions in non-black theater groups that had large black casts. This show has one third of the cast as black actors. Oh, okay. Um, and they are treated as equals within the tribe. So they're not slaves. They're not inferior in any way. They're not less intelligent. They're not like they, they actually go, hey, these are people. They're appropriately represented. Yeah, they're appropriately represented. Um, and Ebony Magazine even had said that it was uh, the biggest outlet for black actors in the history of the U.S. stage. Whoa. Yeah. So that lets you know, again, Hare was pushing some boundaries that theater had kind of had up. And so this is one of those shows that it's like, without hair you wouldn't have a lot of shows that we have nowadays. Hey, I'm a fan of anything that throws uh, Molotovs at the wall of racism. <laughs> yeah, and this one throws it at racism and uh, gender inequality and war and false patriotism and stuff like that. Like, it's it's really cool. And I, I really like this show. They handle um, the racial themes that are brought up really well, especially for the time. Um, it also is going to be making reference to Shakespeare a lot. Uh, most of the references are going to be for Hamlet. There's actually an entire song, What a Piece of Work is Man, that's basically from one of the parts of the play Hamlet. Uh, one of Hamlet's soliloquies, I believe it is. Um, the version we're watching tonight, so to get back to what we had been talking about earlier, um, it's going to be... Uh, stage version because there is a movie out but it is so different oh, okay so it's so different that it's not you would have is, you would have to watch it as like a comparison yes okay. that and i do want to do a head-to-head -head of the two because it is interesting to see what they did to make it more acceptable for a movie audience more palatable yeah 
because they change they have some huge changes between the two gotcha. like characters are changed completely um but we'll we'll watch this one it's the Merrick Theaters production um i believe it was 2017 that oh, cool. this one happened That's pretty recent yes and the reason that i'm like ridiculously excited about about this one is because uh Jay Hughes who is a non-binary Let's try that again. Words are hard. Uh, Jay Hughes, who's a non-binary actor who uses she, her pronouns like I often do. I mean, I I prefer they, them, but I'll use she, her because most people know me as she, her. Um, And Jay is part of this amazing group of LGBTQ artists called the Ring of Keys and cool yeah and jay's in the role of burger and holy god so good cool so good so good burger very good burger <laughs> welcome to the good burger dang it curse you warren you're welcome i love you love you uh, so we're gonna take a brief intermission and go watch hair yay Alright, Warren. It's time for the best part of every intermission. Getting snacks that we can't bring back into the theater? Even better. Now that the lights are back up, we can look into the playbill. This week we have some exciting news with our Patreon sponsors. Our alpha sponsor, Jasmine Wu, is now joined by Bianucci. We have two sponsors, Kay. Sweet. This is super exciting. I can't believe that we have two sponsors already on our show. And thank you guys so much for contributing to our show. We greatly, greatly, truly, truly appreciate it. And we can't thank you enough. Thank you truly from the bottom of our hearts. Seriously, guys, thank you so much. And here's a message from one of our favorite podcasts called History on Blast. Hello, and welcome to History on Blast. I'm Hillary, and I'll be your host as we call out history. Every other week, we'll be putting a different person, place, time, or event on blast for the shit that they pulled. This ain't your grandpa's history podcast, so if this sounds like your cup of harbor tea, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast catcher. And now, the lights are going down and the music is starting back up, so let's hop into the second act of the show. And so what did you think about Broadway's first concept musical? Give me some of that drug trip, long-lasting <laughs> drug trips, making no sense and lasting way too long. Um, <laughs> it was okay. Mm-hmm. It was okay. It had stuff that I did like. Yeah. But it was, it was in my opinion, it was okay. Yeah. Uh, it had some really good political commentary stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it was just I don't know I think the musicals that I tend to enjoy the most are the ones that are telling a story yeah this while it did tell a story Mm -hmm. was just all over the place yes and very very bizarre um so it takes place in 1967 yes that's when the story quotes takes place uh, the show opens up with a silent yoga demonstration in front of a wicker wreath idol <laughs> before the rest of the village people enclose the lead yoga guru and begin chanting. I don't know what they were chanting. Uh, there were plenty of times I must have had a look on my face that was very confused because Kay would then lean in and go, they said this, or they're saying this. I'd be like, oh, it still doesn't make sense, but oh, okay. Um... The, you know, one thing I will say, the production was very well done. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed with um, how well it was filmed. Yeah. Um, and the editing was really well done. All the people were good singers. Costumes look great. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, lots of stuff to, to like in this production. Um, do you remember who... It was Merrick Theater. Merrick Theater. Mm-hmm. They, they did a good job. Yeah. They did a very good job. And even... This is one thing I have to always, I feel like I always need to stress because just because it's not my favorite mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it wasn't well done. Yeah. It's just differences in... It's the show, it's, not the performers. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's the show, not the performers. And while the show was still good and the performers did a great job, <laughs> the whole show is one long drug trip in a lot of ways. And it's just bizarre and... I don't know. It's just random, and and I don't know. I, I, I guess it's just the somewhat writer in me that's just like, well, let's tell a story with <laughs> beginning, middle, and end. But um, Berger is the first character mm-hmm. we get introduced to. And uh, I just saw your note, and it's... That's really... So it's B-E-R-G-E-R, like the last name Berger. George Berger. I just put it down like hamburger. Oh, gosh. Okay. Hey, I have to put it down in a way that I will be able to read. Because All I don't right. want to slip up and go, Berger. <laughs> Burger. I was going to say, would it be better if I put Burger? Hamburger. Hamburger. So, Burger yeah. is the ruler of hippie land, dancing around, being weird. Uh, then they start to listen to a bunch... Let's see, then start listing a bunch of drugs while they're singing and dancing. Most of these drugs I've never, ever heard of, because I've lived a sheltered life. <laughs> Not going to complain about that part Or you of it. didn't grow up with people who grew up during the 60s. This is true. I'd be curious. Do you think your mom would know most of the drugs? She'd probably know what they were, but she never did them. Yeah. But yeah, she, she knew she, what they were. She never did them, not that she'd ever admit. Um, <laughs> no, she never did them. She, she was not Benzedrine and stuff. Deep denial. I'm no. just kidding. You're, you're, I know your mom hasn't. I'm just, I'm just being this. <laughs> I'm just being a turd, being a stinker, it's what I do. Uh, And then we get introduced to Woof. I kept wanting to call him Wolf. Well, it's fair, he howls. Uh, Woof sings a romance song. Uh, (laughs) Let's leave it at that, because this show is for (laughs) 14-ish. I'm not... if, If you're the age of... If you're interested in what Woof sings and you haven't seen Hair... Then go find the musical. I'll I'll say that this one was not covered by Three Dog Night or The Cow Sills or uh, Fifth Dimension. It, it did not make it to be covered. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, other other classic rock enthusiasts would know who I, I was mentioning. I'm, yeah, I'm tr- I'm trying to like <laughs> decipher what you're really trying to say. If you're saying like, don't go to these sources to find. Oh no, they won't. Oh, okay. the, the this song that Warren is talking about, none of them would have covered, and I don't think it would have been allowed to be played on the radio. Wolf sings about sex. Yes. Um, <laughs> And it's it's quite funny. I like the yeah. way he sings, but he sings it in very much the tune of a romance song, mm-hmm. which I just thought was 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 hilarious. Hud is the next character we're introduced, and Hud lays some smooth, dark, chocolatey goodness on a bunch of racial slurs. His his little song and dance bit was interesting because he comes in, he's like, "I'm Hud, and these are my friends," and then he proceeds, and we're a bunch of, and he proceeds to like, oh, well, he, he talks about this is what people call yeah. him, and it's sort of like a it, it's it's. An interesting thing, because at this time you wouldn't have had a black character saying that on stage. Chances are you wouldn't have had that many black characters being an equal and being allowed to say, Hey, y'all, y'all are calling me this, and I hear it. Stop. Yeah, it ain't cool. (laughs) Which I thought that part was interesting, though, and it did make me laugh, just kind of the in-your-faceness of it. Mm Mm-hmm. It kind of caught me off guard. Yep. There's there was a lot of things that in the show. That is the show. show. That, this this yeah, the show is the drug trip that catches you off guard. The musical. <laughs> drug trip. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then we get to introduce to Claude. Claude believes who <laughs> Claude believes in God, who believes in Claude. That's him. Mm-hmm. Claude, um, while it could be argued he is the main character of mm-hmm. this story, he was also one of my least favorite characters. Because of his self-importance. Yeah. As you know, people... I'm not a fan of that archetype of, of person who thinks that they're really, really great. It will be really interesting to watch the movie with you. Okay. Then uh, after Claude, uh, which I love that his name is Claude because I always think of Claude as an insult. Like, what a Claude. Instead and, of C-L-A-U-D-E. Huh? C-L-A-U-D-E would be the other way that Claude. Yeah, but but like Claude, like a lump. Like a lump of Claude, C-L-O-D. Yeah. I know that's the how English I, language that's, is screwy. I know that's how I spelled it in my notes, <laughs> so that I would know. You, that's how you felt about him. <laughs> yeah, and Burger, because I wanted to eat him. Um, but anyway, Claude, because he is a Claude. Uh, Sheila, I think Sheila believes in love. It isn't made that clear, you know, when we meet <laughs> Sheila. I think Sheila believes in love. It's, it's She doesn't make it very clear. She just has this whole song about how she believes in love. I don't, you know, I'm still on the fence about whether or not she believes in love. And their introduction of her that she's second semester at NYU. And then you've got a lot of these high school students. I'm kind of like, so this is a college student rallying a bunch of high school students to come and do protests and stuff. It's kind of a... Yeah. Yeah. And banging them. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a, there's, yeah, because there's Burger, a, at the very least, is a high school student. There's a lot of banging in this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sheila, and, Sheila, Sheila. And then they, they. What's funny is after we meet Sheila, they all break into this song, this sing and dance song, 
And it's like, was it a white, black, uh, y- yellow, red? Copulate in a king size bed. Copulate in a king size bed. Hell no, we, we won't, won't go. go. Hell no, we won't go. go. Peace now, freedom. I I know this show too much. And I put down here. And this was, of course, meant to be entirely in jest. But they sing a song about the dangers of race mixing on a king size bed. A hem. <laughs> Uh, it's a queen size bed. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we get to meet Jeannie. Jeannie is a pregnant. I guess would she be a pregnant teen? Yes, she's a pregnant teen. She got knocked up by some speed freak, mm-hmm. and Jeannie is the slum goddess of the Lower East Side. Yeah, because she called her parents and said, "Hey, I'm pregnant." They're like, "We'll send you some money." So now she's. It almost it almost kind of sounded like she was providing for the others because she mm-hmm. was the only one who had money probably yeah um i actually really liked uh the actress who played Jeannie, and i thought she, she was did a great she did a really good job and um she actually had some of the best lines too mm-hmm. uh, which was funny i i did uh, i took so much issue though the entire time with her smoking and drinking and taking drugs while pregnant mm-hmm just like that kid is gonna come out and just be jacked up. Yeah. So if she, yeah, 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 enjoy your sid there, Jeannie. Oh, but, hey, I'm just saying. Oh, you don't get to take a whole bunch of drugs and have a healthy baby. True. It's not how it works. Claude, then, <laughs> Claude then uh, has a bit of a, a argument with his parents. His parents are wanting him to do something, mm-hmm. and Claude's like, but. I don't want to. I'm Aquarius. I'm destined for greatness and madness. <laughs> and then sings about how he doesn't need anything material because he's got all of his needs and then lists all of his body parts. Yeah. He's like, I've got my eyes and my tongue. I've got my toes and my ankles. I've got life. Cool. Do you have food and shelter and clean water and mm-hmm. places, you know. Anyway, enough of Claude the Claude. Um... Then they sing while listing a bunch of drugs again. Oh, that's the LBJ song. The LBJ took the IRT down to 4th Street, USA. When he got there, what did he see? The youth of America on LSD. LBJ, RRT. What, what K is singing? Kay knows this show, and I don't. All I know is that they this LBJ was mentioned in that song, so were a bunch of other drugs, again. Just LSD. I swear they sang about more. Mm -mm. He took the IRT, so took, I think it's a train or something, down to 4th Street, and then he saw the kids on LSD. Oh, so so I guess guess a correction. They they only sang about one drug. Yes, they only sang about one drug. We strive for accuracy in this comedy podcast for fun so my ignorance about a subject any anything that i'm anything that any information (laughs) that i uh uh convey that is incorrect is not my fault it is purely ignorance Mm -hmm. and i'm speaking to the best of my ability so if i get something (laughs) wrong just expect i'm gonna get something wrong uh so after they sing about one drug Burger gets thrown out of school for being too real, telling his teachers that they all suck. And he that is my that. favorite song in the whole show, by the way. It was a good scene. Um, and then after Burger gets thrown out of high school, he goes and 
talks to his friends and everything and is just kind of mm. like, yeah, I don't need school. School is for losers. And then a really bizarre little cameo of Principal Hitler yeah. shows up. Is that is that normal? Like that the, the principal is supposed to be Hitler? Like they're conveying that, that... You know, it's it's been a long time since I've seen the stage show, albeit I had to watch it via YouTube through clips. Um... Because this song is not in the movie, and the movie is what I have seen more. Gotcha. But I like the stage show way more than the movie. Yeah, but the, the principal just okay. shows, like, because the way it's on yeah, stage I... is the principal pops out of, like, a corner. Yeah. And the light's shining on, spotlight's shining on him, and he's yelling I, in a German accent. I think that they do that. I think that that is... He doesn't have a Hitler mustache or anything. No, but, but... he's very obviously supposed to be... They're starting World War Three. Yeah, he's that, very obviously supposed to yeah. be like a fascist tyrant. Is mm-hmm. what they were they were yeah, equating so think, a school the school principal. I think that is in it. Then Claude walks into the room with all of his friends passed out. Uh, they're all a bunch of Vietnam bait. Yes, because they all are out of high school. So Vietnam bait. Yes. So they they're eighteen. Can be, they can be drafted. Mm-hmm. But don't. Wasn't it that they all got high and that's why Claude walks in and they're all passed out from yeah, doing drugs? Yeah, they all were doing drugs and then he passes, or he comes in and then uh, they have that whole line about, you know, I've been kicked out of school, I'm Vietnam bait. And we're all Vietnam yeah. bait. I remember that. Uh, and then, and <laughs> this actually made me laugh, there was this newlywed couple that shows up and starts talking to the kids like, if they can ask them questions, because they're from out of town mm-hmm. and all this, and ask them, why are you all just a bunch of hippies? Like, ask about the long hair. What What is with that? Why do you... I say as I'm playing with my long hair, why, why do you have this long hair? <laughs> and uh, the kids launch into the title song, give me some of that hair, long, beautiful hair. And uh, that's the only song that I knew that was from this show before I watched the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then our dog just has this big sigh. She's like, my dad is an idiot. Uh, the newlywed mother lady sings about how men should be flamboyant because that's how it is in most species. I mean, birds, yes, and male lions have manes, but I mean, there's plenty of other species that really it's like birds mostly are the ones uh, that have flamboyant males. Well, men were flamboyant before Bo Brummel which I could go on a rant about him at some point, and his whole, everyone must wear drab suits. We shouldn't be wearing pretty clothes. Men should look like this, and it should take hours for me to get into a suit. No. Yeah. I get get dressed in... Blame him. I get dressed in the dark before going to work. I just open up a drawer. Okay, I know my pants are in this drawer. I know my shirts are in this drawer. Yeah, no. Because I sit at a desk and no one cares. <laughs> I could I could go on a rant about Bo Brummel, but I won't because it's hair. Screw you, Bo. You're not worth it. <laughs> uh, and then after we have this newlywed couple show up and talk to the kids and leave, then uh, the orgy happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the only word for it. <laughs> Burger and Sheila kiss. 
And they, like, fall on the ground, and they're just making it on the ground, and then they're like, oh, you two look so good together, and then one person jumps on the pile. Yeah, Claude jumps on the pile. You three look so good together, and then fourth one jumps on, and they're like, Mm -hmm. we're gonna start a train! Mm -hmm. It doesn't, like, lead into that, but it was very much like, let's have an orgy! That was, yeah. It It was with your main love square. Of uh, Claude, Sheila, Berger, and Wolf, and then HUD shows up and tries to join in. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really weird. Uh, then we have a scene where Sheila shows up and is trying to give this yellow shirt to uh, Berger, uh, and then Berger like won't put it on because Berger's like, "I'm a free spirit. Don't tell me what to do." Mm-hmm. And then he like rips the shirt out of. I don't know if he did it intentionally or if it just happened on it accident. It was accidental. That's what it seemed like when we watched the show, that it, he was like holding it up, but he did it too excitedly mm-hmm. and ripped the shirt, and it hurt Sheila's feelings. And then Sheila goes into her, let's sing a sad song about why are people so mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a it was actually a decent song. Yeah, it's it's a pretty well-known song. Was it the cow souls that covered it? Um, it's easy to be hard. No, that one's Three Dog Night. Covered <laughs> that one. What? It's easy to be hard. <sighs> no, it's the title of the song. It's easy to be hard. <laughs> I don't know why Kay is laughing. It's just a song title. <laughs> Man, my wife is so immature. Jesus. Let's get back to the podcast, Kay. Okay, these people really want to know about my cliff notes. Regarding Jesus Christ, hair. yeah, let's keep going. Superstar, Aww. we already reviewed that, but, but it won't posted. be posted <laughs> yet. It will be for Weber Week Part Three. Uh, uh, Genie, Genie, thank you. Genie gets uh, torched by Claude, who is acting like a Richard. Yes, um, she is like just swooning over him and just like oh come on come be with me da 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 he's like no go away and she's like i found this book that you that you were mentioning you wanted and mm-hmm. it's a book on how to astral project yeah and uh she's like oh i gave him this gift maybe he'll now take my affection for him seriously and then claude in just a super supremo claude moment goes be a good fly and and buzz off yeah and i was just like just you Unbelievable mm-hmm. douchebag. Screw you, Claude. You unbelievable. Like, you can't even say thank you. You can't even yeah. like, oh, like, like, how hard is it to, I mean, it's much easier for him to be completely rude to this girl than to be like, I am not into you that way. Like, mm-hmm. I, I felt really bad for Jeannie in this. Yeah. Time. Then she kind of shakes it off a bit and she goes over to Chrissy, who is... An interesting character. We don't see a whole lot of her, really. Like, we get this one solo song from her yeah. that's coming up. Uh, Chrissy's interesting character. Jeannie runs into her and is like, hey, come with us to do this thing. And she's like, oh, no, I'm gonna gonna go do my pastime activity of of singing, uh, singing a bizarre number about meeting a boy once and <laughs> losing his address. And she goes back to the same location to wait for him in hopes that she that he will return and she'll meet him again. I'm sure that'll work. With his jacket that says yeah. Mary and Mom and Hell's Angels. Oh my god. 
like she goes into the song describing him and how good he looks and yada 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 and then when it gets to his leather jacket with the gold chains and hell's angels on it and i'm just like oh you you sweet innocent stupid high school girl but that the part that just made me the laugh like if i okay say if i lived in a world where i never met and married you mm-hmm. and i had run into somebody just somewhere and it was like yeah. oh this person likes me like here's my address let's hang out sometime mm-hmm. and then i never heard from them i'd be like oh okay but if i ran into them somewhere and they were like oh my god it's you again i've been coming to this same place every yeah. day for <laughs> however long hoping i'd run into you again i'd be like have you now <laughs> you don't know me that that's creepy that's, oh, that's creepy <laughs> yeah don't do that people that's creepy. please um let's see we just got done with Chrissy. And then the group does a chance in a dance, which is overlaid with LBJ's propaganda. Yeah, so they're doing the be-in. So basically they're just going to be in a place and they're doing drugs. But it's one of the... <laughs> I love how you say that just so matter-of-factly. Like, they're at a location doing drugs. And they're at this other location doing drugs. And they go uh, back to their house and do drugs it was the 60s and they're flower children and they're flower children but that was one of the forms of protest is just being in an area just doing stuff like generally drugs but just being there because they would have to move you and that's a form of protest because it's like hey you have to move me what you gonna do yeah of course then they yeah 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 Oh, and then after the propaganda, they all the kids get together and they decide we're going to burn our draft cards. Hell no, we won't go. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was actually kind of cool because they were lighting flash paper, so it yeah. would just go up. Except HUDs didn't work. Didn't work right away. You can see the little bit of a panic as they're trying to stomp it out, um, like nonchalantly, like, <laughs> don't burn down the set. But uh, it made me laugh. When they did that, let's see... Shoot, I lost my spot. Uh, let's let's have, have people burn their draft cards. Let's, no, let's have a draft card burning party with Claude, lacking conviction, com- complete with a naked people. So <laughs> the song is all pretty cool. They start off burning their cards, and then it gets to Claude, and he's like having this crisis of, I'm such a free-spirited rebel, and I'm so great and amazing, but for some reason I don't want to burn my Vietnam uh, draft card. And then... It focuses on him singing about how he doesn't know who he is or what he wants to be or he doesn't really know anything and he wants to find out and everybody else is gone from the stage. And then it climaxes with <laughs> with everybody being naked in the back, like just in this one big flash and then it goes dark again. And why? Why, why? I don't know if it will make you feel better if I tell you that usually they go underneath one of those parachutes, like the ones that used to use in elementary school. So they're... And then they stand at the front of the stage. That, even if they did that, I actually like the way they did it more this way. Oh, yeah. Um, I felt like it was more artistic, honestly. Mm-hmm. But why? Why do all of the kids at this draft card burning party disappear... And then get naked for like just, just it was one of those things that I feel like it it didn't add anything to the show, 
it didn't make any sense. It didn't need to yeah. exist. It's like it was only there for the shock value. And I feel like that's a lot of this show. Tom O'Horgan. Tom, Tom, dude. Because he put naked people in all of his shows. I, I just, because I know that, you know, in the intro we were, you were talking about how this was in off-off-Broadway. Yeah. So it was in very much the experimental stuff. Well, this was off-Broadway, but the oh. cre- one of the creators was an off-off-Broadway okay, creator. But, but anyway, it was in off-Broadway, and it was super experimental, and I can see a lot of that in the mm-hmm. super experimental because when when it works, I feel like it really works. They, yeah, they do some very artistic stuff with lighting and dancing, mm-hmm. and it's really really good. And I was mm-hmm. into it. And then they do stuff like just the naked people scene, and I'm like, yeah. In the context of what was going on, it, like it just it, it. I don't get it. I do not get it. It doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't need to be there. Well, so it's it's again tying into the fact that this scene is a protest scene, and that happened at a protest with the two guys getting naked. So that's what this is referencing, is that protest. But also, um, there's a lot of, you know, hey, let's stop sexualizing the human body as much as we do, and let's just sort of celebrate the fact that we all have bodies. Because they don't use, like, a supermodel cast for hair. They are normal human bodies with all the normal human hair and the normal human moles and the normal human stretch marks and cellulite and stuff. That, Like, it's not meant to be a look at this beautiful naked body. It's meant to be a look at this person. Hey, hey, all bodies are beautiful. Well, yeah, all bodies are beautiful, but, like... Not everyone thinks actually, that. Actually, that's a lie. No, <laughs> I no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. Um, so we're gonna move away from the nudity, the naked people scene. The <laughs> one that makes me go, why do high schools do this show? But then I go, oh well, you can cut that out. Like, it's but true. then there are other things in the show that I'm like, why do high schools do this show? <laughs> I I don't know. Because otherwise there's like only a handful of shows that are completely clean. Mm-hmm. They're like, let's do something exciting. There's, there's plenty of clean I'm... shows. And there's plenty of exciting clean shows. You don't have to do hair if you're in, in a high school. That's, that's fair. You can do yeah. like the title song. You can do, uh, uh, that one's got drugs. That one's got drugs. <laughs> that one's got, <laughs> just come on people. Oh, the group sings, see, the group, uh, eh, the group's electric blues song and dance number causes a blackout, and now they Mm -hmm. have to conjure Claude. This was really weird, because, like, I don't, so we have Claude with his Mm -hmm. moral dilemma, and then after the naked people, Mm -hmm. like, flash and then into darkness. That was intermission. Yeah, oh, that was intermission. That was the act break. Oh, gotcha. I think it. It did, they must have just kind of cut that in on in yeah. the wash. But then it goes back to, are the do the kids are they just on the street? Or are they in like a hideout, like a they, warehouse or something? They're most likely on the street or just squatting somewhere. Okay, because I want to call it. I don't want to. I didn't know if to, it's not a home. I don't know if I should call it their base. They're back at base. They're back in their their den. They're they're back in their hippie hideout. The hippie hideout. The hippie. The happy that, hippie, happy hippie hideout. I was oh, we were so close. I was gonna say happy hippie hideaway. Happy hippie hideaway. Yes, <laughs> yes. So they're back at their happy hippie hideaway. 
I love alliterations. Uh, and the group starts singing the song Electric Blues. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of, I don't know, it was it was a song. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of a bizarre song. That's the one where you had, you, it was one of them where you looked at me and go, they're saying Electric Blues. And mm-hmm. I was like, Electric Blues? You're like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Electric Blues. Um, and then there's a blackout. Mm-hmm. And they're all freaking out about it. Where's Claude? Where's Claude? Oh, I know. We can conjure him. Yeah. And I was sitting here going, that's a dumb idea. That's a dumb idea. But then it works. <laughs> they start going, they start going up here, up here, up here. And Claude appears. It works by coincidence. Oh, is it coincidence? Yes. Okay. He just shows up and then they're like, gotcha. yay, you showed up. I mean, remember. It wouldn't be the strangest thing that's happened in the show. Well, remember, they're all on drugs. This is true. <laughs> I was going to see, that kind of makes my next note, you know, not necessary. I was going to say, next time I can't find my wife, I'm just going to start shouting, appear, 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 because it worked for Claude. <laughs> I oh, mean, oh, there's that, a chance. Ooh, ooh, actually, that would work, because if I just started shouting, appear, 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 you would be like, you'd be like, Warren, what the hell are you doing? And then I'd be like, it worked! <laughs> By coincidence. Oh. Claude get and then um, after Claude appears... Coincidentally, or maybe by magic, we don't know. <laughs> the verdict's out. He starts giving away his possessions. Um, and, you know, it was normal at first. He gives, uh, was it a robe he gives to uh, No, he gives her a, a red communist flag. Oh, a red communist flag. And she, okay, wraps it around like a shawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he gives a tambourine to Jeannie. Yes. And then he gives... A poster to Woof, and then Woof goes into this whole thing about how he's not gay, but he would totally bang Mick Jagger, Mm -hmm. and then he puts the poster on the ground and then proceeds to hump the poster. Yeah. And then, like, some of the girls move over and are, like, air-humping the poster, and then he chases them off of his his booty. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was... That was weird. Mm -hmm. That was weird. Uh, uh... And then this is, okay, I know why. I know why this show was so controversial Oh, do you back now? in the day. It wasn't for any other reason but this upcoming song. <laughs> this song right here, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> listening, is the most terrifying song to the people of the time. White Jesus women singing Christ. about how black boys are delicious. That right there is probably what caused the most controversy. Because I could imagine a bunch of eight, just tight anus white <laughs> conservatives seeing a show or hearing, just even hearing that there's a show with white women singing about how they want these black guys and how black boys are delicious. And they're just like, and that, that probably is what set them off. Even though the very next song is a bunch of black women singing about how much they like white boys and how oh, white boys are sexy. Oh, that's still bad. I mean, you saw the looks that we got oh, when we were first dating. True, true. But growing up, the way I have him being around conservative anal, diamond-crushing anuses <laughs> of conservative white men, they are more okay with a white guy being with a black woman than they are with a white That's woman true. being with a black that guy. That is very true. That it cannot be disputed. That is very, very true. They and are... It's stupid. It's so stupid. Okay, guys, you know, a little PSA. Don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. 
<sighs> don't be a racist asshole. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a racist asshole, what are you doing? <laughs> they just really like musical theater, you know, minus all the political commentary and gay people. Yeah, musical theater is one of the most <laughs> political things. Right. Like, really. Uh, but then I, I do like my note in here. Uh, I picked this, this, this saying up from someone that I used to know online who was a black woman who was married to a white guy mm-hmm. who lives in Florida. And uh, when I was talking to her and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm dating this 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 black girl. And she was like, yay for swirl action. <laughs> I just I love that. I love that phrase. Because it always makes me think of when I was a kid and I would go to one of those restaurants and they had the self-serve ice cream. Mm-hmm. You could get chocolate or vanilla or the swirl. I always got the swirl. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Uh, then everyone gets high on the devil's lettuce. Uh, and the show, <laughs> this show was just one giant drug PSA. <laughs> like, I feel like it would be, I feel like it would be more effective if you, if you want to scare young children away from ever trying drugs i feel like it would be more effective to show them this show than it would to show them like the really propaganda that's a good point just because this is this shit is bizarre like it really is and i feel like you would have a better chance of scaring them away than having like those drug psas with like the girl who looks like she's had her bones removed and is melted into the couch and her friends yeah. talk about how boring she is now yeah or the dog talking to the guy used used to be cool we used to hang out then you started smoking weed it's like no just just have the kids watch this show with all the swearing and all the, the everything it'll be much more effective but so every so they so what was it burger shows up and he's yes. got this box of joints and everybody starts passing joints around and, and smoking them, getting high. And Jeannie actually had one of the best lines in this. Yes. And she said, as Mary once said to Jesus, Jesus, I'm getting stoned. <laughs> just, that just tickled me. It just made oh, me laugh. Oh, man. Uh, and then this is the first show we've watched where the weird stuff can actually be explained <laughs> with drugs. This is... I've made a lot of jokes about the writers being on drugs when they came up with stuff. I've been a lot, made a lot of drug jokes regarding other shows we've done. This is the first one that it's 100% legitimate. Yeah. Like, there's no Broadway acid trips. There's just the acid trip. The off-Broadway the acid trip. The show is a Broadway acid trip. Yes. The whole show is just an acid trip. Um, Claude loses his mind in this drug trip, within a drug trip. First jump of God, this drug trip. So he smokes his joint. It's it's laced. it's laced with something like a hallucinogen. So he starts hallucinating that he is in the military. They're jumping out of helicopters. And as they're flying down, they're like yelling at each other. And then all of a sudden it stops. And he's like, what are we doing? Or why are we doing this? And then everyone's like, it's your hallucination. Yeah. Dummy, why don't you know? And they're like storming off angrily. And then George Washington rides in on one of those, like, broom handle horses, which mm-hmm. I thought was funny, and hands him uh, a letter and says, you need to, there's a message from the front line, read this. He's like, uh, retreat, retreat! And then yeah. they, they ride off. And then um, a bunch of other people come in. It, it was weird. That's, that's <laughs> the best I can explain it. I mean, there was a song with Lincoln and some gentlemen in tribal outfits singing Lincoln's <laughs> praises about how Lincoln was awesome because he freed the slaves. And then a bunch of Jawas from Star Wars come in 
and start singing about Rice Krispies. And then the then there's nurses that kill the Jawas. It doesn't. Nuns? Nuns, yeah. You said nurses. Oh, I said nurses. Well, you said I, nurses. I wrote, you wrote nuns. I wrote nuns and I said nurses because after watching this show, I have a secondhand high. <laughs> so that's how I'm going to explain away any of my mistakes. So after the nuns murder the Jawas. And he has like the whole part where uh, the Vietnam stuff is going on where I I, I left that part out of my description because I had no way how to describe it, so you go for it. So he then has this hallucination, and during this whole thing, they're asking for Claude, and he tries to respond, and they don't see him, which kind of harkens to his whole, I'm invisible, that whole thing that he does. Like, I'm invisible, I want to be invisible. Um, and... Uh, so then he has this hallucination where um, he's being sent out, uh, like shipped out, and parents are saying goodbye to their kids and stuff, and then uh, he ends up in the war zone, and all these people are dying around him, and they're singing um, about all of the horrible things that are happening to these people getting killed in Vietnam, and um, I had to look it up because I wasn't quite sure. The song's called 3500, and I wasn't 100% sure what it was referencing, but it turns out that um, it's kind of hearkening to some of the propaganda to try and get people to join up, that like, hey, and to support the war, like, hey, 3,500 people, 3,500 Viet Cong have been killed in the war. You know, we're doing great, that sort of thing. So it's kind of going like, hey, yeah, but this is what's happening to people getting killed in this war. And then there's what's happening to our boys in the war. And Not to poo-poo the number of murdered humans, but 3,500 sounds like a very low number. Well, like it was per week or oh, something like that. Okay, that, yeah, I would, it was, that one I would believe. It was like a, hey, this is how many we're killing per week. It was it was one of those things that I, I looked it up and um, I was just sitting there going, wow, that, like, I know that propaganda is messed up more times than not, but that is really messed up. Hey, you went to a parochial school. Isn't it... Uh... Thou shalt not kill unless you speak a yes. different language than you? Wait, no, no, not the last part. Oh, oh. <laughs> It is just thou shalt not kill, full uh, stop. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> oh, right. That's like commandment number four, I think. <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> it's pretty high up there. It's not even in the top three. Well, because, oh, God, don't, I, don't yeah. make me do I, this. I'm not just, again. I'm just teasing. We'll, we'll go back to my notes, because after Claude comes out of his drug trip from hell... He starts talking about how he wants to be invisible. I think he's still high. He's still got some leftover from that. Mm -hmm. But he's just talking about how he wants to be invisible. Because if he was invisible, then he could enter the minds of people and alter their yeah. choices and decisions. And I'm like, dude, you're you're still high. Mm -hmm. you're, you're like, if you're invisible, that just means people wouldn't see you. It wouldn't mean you could like phase through objects. Yeah. But uh, people start pairing off like... 
hey, so-and-so, come home with me. Hey, so-and-so, come home with me. And then Claude asks Sheila to marry him, Mm -hmm. which I did not expect. That seemed very out of left field for me. I would have said Berger and Sheila. He has the crush on Sheila, but, like, she never reciprocates it, really. Yeah, and it shows that, too. He asks her to marry him. She doesn't say no, but she doesn't say yes, which means no. Mm -hmm. But cheer up, Claude. You're... You're, uh, you're her starshine. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where the second song that I have heard that I didn't know was from this show came mm-hmm. in. Good morning, starshine. The earth says hello. I have heard that a billion times. Didn't know it was from this. In my 30 years and did not know it was from hair. So, yeah, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And, don't know why I didn't know it wasn't from hair, but now I do. <laughs> Apparently, Claude was really, really good at catching bullets in Vietnam because we show uh, him in Vietnam and he caught all the bullets that were fired at him. So uh, I think there is a medal for that, right? I think I broke Kay. <laughs> she gi- she's giving me like a really shocked look. Good uh, lord! on stage uh claude claude was a prick true but claude was an absolute prick and i didn't like him at all uh i'm gonna pull him i'm gonna pull a mcelroy i'm glad he's dead (laughs) i'm I'm glad claude is dead done Kay. You, you can muscle through oh, it i can't wait until you see the movie now okay keep going oh that's so ominous okay um and then after claude uh catches all the bullets and gets the high score we, <laughs> we cut to all of his friends back in the states protesting and claude shows up and he's a ghost Mm-hmm. And he sees all his friends, and he's like, I wonder if I can perform any miracles. And he starts talking to them and trying to influence them, and it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing. Nobody yeah. is like, I think I heard Claude, or I think I felt something. Just nothing. Yeah. I was expecting something. I Like, I really was. So when nothing happened, I was like, oh, that's yep. cold. I was like, that's really cold. Uh, and then during their protest song, it just ends with... Claude, dead on the floor, draped in an American flag, which you said is a new thing. Yeah, because I don't think it ever ended like that. But, yeah, like, just, they, they, they do their protest song. Claude's ghost is trying to talk to them while they're doing it. It yeah. doesn't work. And then the show ends. Yep. And it was very not happy. Yep. Uh... And very confusing (laughs) in many ways. That is my attempt at explaining the drug trip that is Hare. Yeah, and so Hare was our first real concept musical. Um, It is the same year as You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, but different takes on the whole concept musical. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's the one. 
Charlie Brown, hair, uh... Well, they're both concept musicals, it's just one of them actually is a true, like, concept musical started as a concept musical, not as a concept album, not as a rock opera. This was meant to be on stage. You know... And I, ugh, I think there was, there might have been more that I liked in your good man Charlie Brown than in Hair. Than in really. Hair. However, the stuff that I liked in Hair, I really like. So okay, so you're a good man Charlie Brown. I'm not a huge, you know, I'm not a huge Peanuts fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really grow up with any of the Peanuts comics, so just about everything that they were showing me was the first time I had seen it. Mm-hmm. But they have the the child. Uh, the childlike whimsy aspect of the mm-hmm. whole thing. Hair was definitely more grounded in the strife of <clears throat> the strife of young Americans at that period of time, mm-hmm. and uh, just lives being uh, shattered and and mm-hmm. really torn apart by this horrible war that was going on that lasted for way too long, mm-hmm. and people being drafted and forced to go and and. <sighs> like I, I, I think about if I had been drafted for a war. Like, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not the military type. Yeah, but yeah. So I don't know, but like, hair had, hair did have a lot of really good stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But I think I just had such a freaking hard time with it because it is so full of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Just full of most of the songs are word salads. That is a very good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. That's a very good way of putting it. Especially the way I make salads, where it'll be like lettuce and then other stuff, and then some dressing, and then lettuce and some other stuff, and then dress. Like I layer my salads. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of how this was, because it would repeat lyrics, and then, or it's also like me, like I layer my salads, and then I stir the bastard up. So that's kind of <laughs> how theirs were, too. It was like, hey, we have some repeating lyrics, and then we'll just throw in a bunch of randomness. Yeah. So, without Hair, you wouldn't have had most of the shows of the 70s, because Hair kind of paves the way for uh, Godspell and Jesus Christ Superstar, which we have seen. Hmm. It also paves the way for shows like Chorus Line. Um, There's a show we're going to watch later called Follies, uh, Company. uh, Company of Heroes? No, just called Company. Um, Just... There, there's, this kind of starts sort of an explosion of different shows that Broadway's going to take more risks after Hair. So was it basically that other playwrights saw this really bizarre thing getting attention? They're like, hey, that means we're allowed to be bizarre if we want to. Yes, because, like... It, it was on Broadway, and it was successful enough on Broadway. And even if critics didn't like it, audience loved it. And so that kind of can make a playwright go, oh, well, I feel safe doing this. I thought it was pretty bizarre that people were throwing bombs over this show. Yeah, but if you think about it, the time, because, I mean, you've seen, you've, we're in 2019. So... Wait, what? Sorry. Yes. I mean, it feels like 1950, but we're in 2019. Shocker. Please continue, okay? Tell us about the <laughs> riveting time it is to be alive in 19... Or 2019. <laughs> but, like, we've we've had enough 
happen that it's this it's kind of like when i saw rocky horror picture show for the first time and someone was hyping it up to me as being really like oh this is really subversive and this and i had already seen stuff that was more like recent subversive and so i didn't have that context of well for the time that rocky horror came out it was pretty subversive and that's sort of the same thing going on with hair is that for the 60s you didn't have these shows that really were taking these risks i mean west side story took risks but only in the there's way more dancing and we're kind of sort of pointing out the racism in america <laughs> but not really but a little bit and so this just kind of went hey we're gonna put up a mirror to the country and really to the world we're gonna put up a mirror to the country and then we can do cocaine off of it yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like that's that's sort of where the where all of the backlash came from was because they didn't this wasn't a thing that existed like shows like this just didn't happen on Broadway. They happened in off off Broadway and sometimes off Broadway but never actually on Broadway. And so this is the reason that we have the shows that we do now. Because without hair, which took the most risks it could. Yeah, amen, man. Like, that, it absolutely did. Uh, it was, it was an interesting ride. Yeah. And if you put yourself into the mindset of someone in the 60s watching this? I would like to think that I would have still thought that black people were people oh yeah no and like it, i guess what i'm meaning by that is like people in the 60s who were of the previous generation so like the people who would more be buying the theater tickets and stuff so people older than us would have probably not reacted as well sort of like uh it's it's sort of the generational gap and they even talk about it in hair with the what have you got 1947 that's so great yeah, good point <laughs> so that's that's i don't know i'm kind of rambly um you're okay but I opened, it's also really late i opened the floodgates you did open the floodgates <laughs> now the massive overshare is coming out <laughs> Bra! quick stop it up all right, we should we should we uh, really should we should spare these fine people. Yes, you you wonderful wonderful people. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Of yes, tone deaf of tone deaf the tangent musical theater podcast. Um, so for our next show, we're gonna go back a little bit and do one that's a little bit more typical of earlier shows so we're, we're gonna go back into like the rogers hammerstein era of musical theater give you a little break from all of these experimental shows and we're gonna do one that i can't believe you haven't seen but this has come out a couple of times we're gonna be doing my fair lady okay cool because i 
Like with a lot of things, I only know spoofs. Yeah, you know all of the spoofs of it, but you have never seen the actual show. And now you'll have a deeper appreciation for those spoofs. Yay! Thank you so much for listening. We truly hope you enjoyed this. Please follow us on Twitter at Tone Deaf Musical and like, share, and subscribe. If you loved it, tell your friends and spread the word. If you want to go above and beyond, please donate to our Patreon, which is also Tone Deaf Musical. That's it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone Tone Deaf. Deaf.